0: Welcome, listeners, to another Transformation Church Sermon Podcast. Let's prepare our hearts to receive the Word of God. I'm going to jump into the Word. We're going to do a two part series. I have a few minutes with you, and um, I believe that God wants to breathe on some of you today and uh, encourage you. We're looking at a series, it's a simple word. It's called pneuma, it's in the Greek. The word pneuma means breath. Or Spirit of God. And so next week is Pentecost Sunday, um, which don't freak out. It doesn't mean that we're going to be shouting and running around the room and swinging from the chandeliers. Uh, Pentecost Sunday just means 50. Pentecost means 50. Uh, It was 50 days after Jesus went to heaven that the Holy Spirit was poured out in the upper room in the book of Acts. And so I'm going to talk to you from a, more of a 30,000 foot view today about the Holy Spirit, about the breath of God or the pneuma or the wind of God. Pneuma uh, is the breath of God. And, and then next week I'll give you some, a little more practicals. I'm going to probably preach to you a little bit today. Uh, we need God's breath. Um, we need the Spirit of God. The only difference between us and the rest of the world, every other club, every other country club, every other uh, rehab uh, technique, every other um, uh, whatever whatever it could be, whatever the only difference between us and them is the Spirit of God. The only, this is not a club. It's not just a, a, a building that we come gather in. The church is a living, breathing organism. We are the church, not because of the building, because of the Spirit of God is in you, you and I, and we're family. It's the pneuma. It's the breath of God. There's just two categories of people on the planet. We need to, it's just it. That's it with all the divide and how everybody wants to divide us up. There's only two categories alive in Christ or dead in sin. That's it. Two populations of, of the planet alive in Christ or dead in sin. It's, it's really that simple. And so as we go and take the gospel and believe God, either people are dead in sin because they haven't received the breath of God. At salvation, the Bible says when you accept Jesus, literally, God's breath, the breath of Almighty God comes inside of you. It's a mystery. I can't explain it. It's called rejuvenation. Uh, Literally, the breath of the Spirit of God, the living breath of God that causes everything to live comes inside of you and makes your spirit alive. Amen. You have a spirit, okay? So you also have a soul, but your soul is the way you think, act, and feel. Your spirit is what actually comes alive that's dead until Jesus comes in you. Everybody on the planet is a living soul. They're walking around with a soul, but their spirit isn't necessarily alive. They're not plugged into God. And so you can, be, uh, you can have a neighbor that is living, breathing, is a soul, thinks, has a mind, will, and emotions. It's how we think, act, and feel, but they're not alive in God because they've never accepted Jesus and had the supernatural experience of the spirit of God. This is not a tradition. This is not a religion that we, that we live. This is the spirit of God it comes on the inside of us, the breath of God, and makes us alive. You've heard me say it. Jesus didn't come to give you a set of rules to make you good. He came to make you alive. He came to make dead people alive on the inside. And and we need the breath of God. We need to live and to receive that breath. And when you get that breath of God, when you get saved, the breath of God comes inside of you. You can begin to see that grow and get stronger. Your spirit being can get stronger. You can be five foot tall on the outside and 10 foot tall on the inside. Because as you get the word and the Holy Spirit, you begin to exercise your faith and breathe the word of God in and breathe God's presence and in, in worship your spirit being begins to get stronger and stronger. And now you can actually rule your soul. Yes, you can actually tell your mind, will, and emotions how to think, act, and feel by the power of your spirit. You have no power over your soul except willpower, which doesn't last long. Come on, January 1st, somebody. 15 days, you into your resolutions, and you're like, man, I don't have enough willpower. You need Holy Spirit power to make lasting change on the inside. I'm going to give you three important verses today, and then talk about just the breath of God. Genesis chapter 2, in the beginning of creation, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. Ezekiel 37, 5 says this, thus says the Lord God unto these bones... Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. Verse 8. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, the bones, and the skin covered them. But there was no breath in the bones. There was no breath in them. John twenty twenty two. 22. And when he had said this, he breathed on them, Jesus, to his disciples after he had risen from the dead. And when he said this, he breathed on them. That's the word pneuma, breath of God. He breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Spirit. My title for today is this. Bones, but no breath. Bones, but no breath. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your breath, for breathing on us today. Thank you for your presence. Lord, we can't live without it. Holy Spirit, breathe in this place today. Speak to us. Make Jesus alive to us. Make him known to us. Show us who God is today in a more clear way. Holy Spirit, you do that for us today. We trust you. We thank you that you were left here as our comforter, our counsel, our guide our support, our best friend. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being here with us. Thank you for the gifts and strength and power. We ask you to again, breathe on us today in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Uh, Bones, but no breath. I think, um, we're going into summer and during summer, come on, how many growing up ever had breath holding competitions at the pool with your, with your friends, family, my, my dad and I, and and growing up, it was always, how can we, you try to hold the ladder, get under there, you hold the ladder to keep yourself under longer, right? I I, I grew up, I was kind of chubby kid with asthma, so I couldn't, I couldn't win any of those competitions. I remember the kid that always won. His name was Ricky. He was a bag of bones. He was as skinny as my pinky finger. This little dude, he could hold his breath for like five minutes. He'd be under there. I'm like, and every time he would win every competition of holding his breath, finally we're like, dude, Ricky, how do you win? You're a a tiny, you're you're just a bone. You're tiny. How do you even get that much air? How can you breathe? He said, I remember, I'll never forget it. He goes, I think about French fries. I just... That's what, he, that's what he did. And he would win every breath holding competition trying to distract himself thinking about something else. I think there's a lot of people in the world today holding their breath trying to think about something else in the midst of this crazy, chaotic world. I think that a lot of Christians and a lot of us are, life is a roller coaster right now. It's a roller coaster. And I know on roller coasters, man, they get crazy. The tension that we are in in life right now, we just turn the news on, we just look at life, we look at the things that are happening. And the reality is that this roller coaster we're on, we're in between a tension of holding on and screaming for dear life, and kind of maybe having fun or holding our breath until until we go out. There's check out this little qu- quick clip of a guy on a roller coaster. This is life right now. Ah, ah, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's life right now. Come on, I mean, <laughs> like. He's trying to praise. He's out. You know, here's what I'm so glad about. That's in another language. So if you speak that language, don't tell us what he was saying, okay? Uh, the reality is there's a tension between this planet and, 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 and everything we face, life and death, fear and fun, you know, healing and sickness and, and, and we turn the news on and, and the tension of, of hope and heartache and faith and fear and questions and answers and the mystery and revelation that we're being human has tensions of that right there. Being human and being on this ride, and a lot of times I think we're just holding our breath as humans hoping to the ride in safely. Like God, just get me off the ride. Like I just, and it's hard to navigate. And the reality is that we need the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit was given to us so that we can navigate the twists and turns and tensions of life. Life is a roller coaster and I need the Holy Spirit to breathe on me. Here's the number one trick to living, the number one key to living. You ready? It's not faith. It's not hope. It's not love. It's breath. Last week we talked about the reality that you can't live without water for three days. You can't live without breath for 10 minutes. And and many times we take breath for granted unless we've had asthma or had trouble breathing or ever faced something like that. We all came through COVID and we knew what that looked like and the fear of being able to breathe. And I need the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit. It's a necessity. In, In the beginning, I read the verse to you. It said, God breathed into Adam. He breathed into mankind and he became a living being. That was in the original creation. In John 20, in the new creation, it says that Jesus breathed into his disciples and they became a new creation. Listen to me. It's so important. God started both covenants with his breath. He started the, the first creation with his breath and he started the new creation with his breath. And however God starts something is how he sustains something. And so and so if you were started with the breath of God, if your Christian walk and your relationship with God was started with the breath of God, it has to be sustained with the breath of God. It has to be, it has to be built with God breathing into your life. And I just want to tell you, if you started with God's breath, when you said yes to Jesus, now maybe some of you just started with religion and tradition and and it wasn't really you saying, I need you Jesus for life. You've got maybe your grandparents faith or your parents faith and you just got drugged to church. Come on. I was a drug baby. Mama drugged me to church. And, and and maybe that's your faith. And today there's a, there's a day for you today that you can say, you know what? I need God for my life. I need God to survive. I need the breath of God. I don't want to play church. I need God. I th- that's just I, I need. If God started your life in Jesus, worry can't sustain it. If God started your walk with Him by His breath, uh, fame can't sustain it. TikTok follower and TikTok fame can't sustain the the life that God wants to give you. Control can't sustain it. Unforgiveness can't sustain it. Wealth can't sustain it. Nothing can sustain your life except the breath of God. If if that's how the breath, if that's how your life started in God. Now, Now, again, if your life started through tradition and just coming to church as a habit, then you can sustain yourself with everything else that you need. But if you need the life of God, you need the breath of God to sustain you. I need the breath of God. Here's three ways to get in God's presence. And many of you heard me say it before, three types of presence. And I wanna talk about the manifest presence in a second. There's the omnipresence of God. He's everywhere in the planet. God's everywhere. Jesus was on the planet as a human. He says, it's better that I leave and send the spirit because when he left, there was only one of him. He left now the Holy Spirit's all over this planet. So God can do work everywhere. There's the inner presence, the omnipresence. There's the inner presence of God. When you said yes to Jesus, Holy Spirit came inside of you and made you alive to God, made you an eternal creation. Now you have a relationship with eternal spirit father. So there's the inner presence of God. And then there's something called the manifest presence of God. And this is where we get the breath of God a lot of times. And this is where we want to live many times and, and get into the manifest presence of God because, because this is where the enemy wants to keep you away from because he knows there's a life-sustaining breath of God in the manifest presence. What do I mean by manifest presence? That's a, kind of a weird word. All, all I mean is this. If there was a billionaire in the room, if there was a billionaire in here, if there is, let me know after service. <laughs> but if there was a billionaire in the room... Um, They could be in this room and no one know it, but if they came forward and began to pay off everyone's house mortgage and give each of us a million dollars, they would be making their presence known. Come on, Elon. I don't know, but, but, but they would make their presence known. They wouldn't just be in the room. They'd make their presence known. God doesn't just want to be in the room with us. He wants to make his presence known and begin to do things for you that you can't do for yourself. I I hear it every week. Like people go, man, something was in that room. What happened? I just began to cry. I don't. I don't get up. You know. like My father was here a couple weeks ago. He, he walked into the lobby after a worship environment. and could barely even talk, choked up, couldn't even talk. Somebody had shared something with him, encouraged him with the word of God. He got, he got out there. He's not a believer. Uh, many of you sometimes come up to me in the lobby, go, how did you know my week? How, how did you know what I was going through? How did you know what my family was dealing with over and over? I hear it. I don't, I don't know that. That's the Holy Spirit manifesting his presence to you, making you understand that God knows you and cares about your week and has a word and a direction for you. And so we need to get inside of that manifest presence. The enemy will do everything to keep you out of it. I think it's important with, with life being a roller coaster, trying to suck the breath out of us sometimes. I had a scenario in my life uh, a couple years back. Many of you know Greg Henson. Uh, I was going to a conference in Atlanta. We were driving through Atlanta, going to Birmingham, I believe. And um, or we were going to Atlanta, I think. And, um, and I I was on these vitamins. I took a bunch of vitamin B12 pills that I was supposed to take, you know, according to my vitamin regimen, right? Took a couple of those B12 pills, went to Starbucks, got a latte. No big deal. Uh, Decided on, when we got into the car, to get another latte. Two lattes and two vitamin B pills is not a good equation, right? I'm driving, all of a sudden I begin to like have shortness of breath, can't breathe, I'm like, I'm, I, I begin to, my heart's pounding, I'm like, what is wrong with me, Greg and I start praying, I'm like, dude, I think I'm having a heart attack, I, I'm, I literally, I, I say, you need to drive, he begins to drive the car, I'm, I was like, you might have to take me to the hospital, we're praying, we're doing everything we know to do, like, you can't rebuke vitamin B12 and caffeine, you can't, <laughs> can't pray your way out of that, right, <laughs> you can't pray yourself out of stupid, come on, somebody, <laughs> And so, so, well, maybe you can actually, thank God we can. Um, So we're praying and and I call a doctor friend of mine. I said, hey, this is what's going on. Before I went, went to the hospital, I'm like, this is what's going on. He said, hey, dude, this is what you've done. I told him what I took. He goes, this is what you've done. He goes, you've hijacked your nervous system. Your nervous system has been hijacked. He goes, I need you to take six breaths per minute. He goes, just slow down. And I want you to take a breath in for five seconds. And a breath out for five seconds. He says, your, your nervous system's been hijacked. And I began to do that. And literally in a couple minutes, I was calm and my, everything had leveled out. My heart had leveled out. And, and I, I really think we, we've been hijacked in our nervous systems with all the stimuli in the world. I mean, with, with, the, with the politicians and the promises and the shootings and the debates and, the, and, and, and we, we all know, I don't need to list it all out. And then you've got the mortgages and the marriages and, 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 and you've got uh, job reviews and you, and you throw on uh, inflation and ga- throw it all in there together. And there's a little bit of hijacking of our, of our nervous systems, right? And we're kind of hyperventilating a little bit. And God's saying, I need you to slow down and just breathe. It's, it's, it's necessity for your life. It's, it's necessary to, for, to exist in spirituality. Our spiritual systems have been hijacked and the enemy's still having you inhale like nervousness and fear and gossip and shame and blame and trying to keep you out of God's presence. And the reality is we've got to slow down and go, okay, I need the Holy Spirit. I want to inhale. I don't want my nervous system to be hijacked. I need to let God breathe into me. i got to get intentional with getting in environments like this and breathing in. We get so busy and so fast and flying. So we don't take the time. I wrote this in my notes. Many of you have that Bill Clinton Christianity. You tried it, but didn't inhale. Yeah, right, Bill. Many of you, many of you have tried God, but won't inhale. What do I mean by that? You come in here and we're all singing. You're not going to sing you won't inhale. Many of you come in and, and, and you hear me preach, but the message is for everybody else. I'm not going to inhale that. That's for men. man. I hope they hear that. Wow. We, we have prayer team down here every week. Many of you, God's saying to you go down and get prayer. I've got an answer for you. You're like, I can't go down in public. No way I can go to one of those prayer partners. No way I can go ask them for prayer. And the enemy's got you to where you just won't inhale what God has for you. And you're going through life, and you're on that roller coaster, and we talk about lifting our hands and praising God. You're like, I'm never going to lift my hands and worship and praise God. Well, the Bible tells you to. The Bible says to do it. Well, that's just not my style of worship. That doesn't matter. It's what the Bible tells us to do. Lift your hands, all you people. Shout unto the Lord with a voice of joy. I remember in Bible school one time when the Holy Spirit told me to dance. Man, I can't dance. I dance like the movie Hitch. I'm right here. right here. I don't, I, don't get all, I don't get all that going. I'll do all that. Just m- m- many of you, we're singing the songs. The words are up there and God's speaking to you. You're like, I'm not doing all that. Just inhale, like let God breathe on you. Let these environments be real to you and be alive to you. This isn't about tradition, and I think God wants to speak something. I'm going to speak a story to you real quick. I'm going to give you three thoughts what the Holy Spirit does in this story. In Ezekiel 37, 1 through 10, this is some people coming back alive with the breath of God. We need more than just bones. We need breath. Ezekiel says this, the hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of a valley. And it was full of bones, and then he caused me to pass by them all, and behold, there were many, many in the open valley, and indeed, they were very dry. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? So God and Ezekiel are having a conversation, so I answered him and said, O Lord, only you know. Again, he said to me, prophesy to the bones, and say to them, O bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the, God, the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded and as I prophesied, there was a noise and suddenly a rattling and the bones came together bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them and the skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. They were bones, but no breath. And he said to me, "Prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me and the breath came into them and they lived and stood up on their feet An exceedingly great army. The context of this is God and Ezekiel talking about the devastation. Ezekiel's pulled up and placed into a dry place. Anybody ever been in a dry place? And Ezekiel's dropped into a dry place and they Are talking about the uh, extinction or the annihilation of God's people of the Jews. He's prophetically seen into the future, so we have to have the context to understand how it applies to us. He's prophetically seen into the future, seeing God's people Israel scattered to the four corners of the earth, seeing the Holocaust camp, seeing a third of the people killed in concentration camps, seeing God's people annihilated. And then Ezekiel asks God, and God says, "Can these bones live?" And Ezekiel says, "God, only you know about this devastation. Only you know." Now, from hindsight, we know that God. God brought all of those nations, all of the Jews back together, reformed Israel in 1948, supernaturally. There's a nation over there. It was miraculously formed and it's still prospering to this day. That's the context of this situation. God and Ezekiel are having a conversation around the desolation and devastation and restoration of his people. And so if we apply it to ourselves, sometimes we get into a dry bone scenario. Sometimes we find ourselves in scenarios where I don't know how I got here. I don't know how my family got here. I don't know how my world got here. I don't know how my nation got here. I don't know how my church got here. We find ourselves in situations where we go, God, can these bones live? Only you know, God. Only you know how I got into this, and only you know, oh God, how I can get out of this. God, I need you to breathe on my family. Only you know if my marriage can exist. Only you know if my child can come back to you. Only you know, oh God. And in verse four, it says this. It's very interesting, and I'm putting these in order on purpose. In verse four, it says, God says, Ezekiel prophesied to the bones. Say, oh dry bones, this is important, hear the word of the Lord. Number one, the word of God must be spoken to our wounds. Amen. You need the word of God on your wound. You need the word of God spoken to areas of your life that are dry and hurt and wounded. Nothing else is going to help in a dry, arid season. Nothing else can, can actually heal dry bones and devastation except God's word. Yeah. I need the word of God. You need the word of God. He says, he says I prophesied to the bones. This, this story is not about dry bones. The story is about the power of the proclamation of the word of God. It's about the power that God's word can bring some things back together again, that there can be a, a rattling and a bringing back together in a dry season. I need God's word first. Write this down. You cannot fuel your faith on your feelings. Amen. Man, we're going to feel certain ways every day. We're going to feel up and down. We're going to feel like that roller coaster. We're trying. That dude was trying to praise. <laughs> he was and then he's out cold. He wakes up and gives a thumbs up. Man, his whole life is upside down. It's like, you, you can't, you're gonna feel all types of ways in the tension of life. You, you, you've got to get the word of God. That's where the hope is. God literally breathes his word into us and we need to inhale the word of God. Hear the word of the Lord. I know many of you might be dry right now in your walk with God. I want you to hear the word of God. You shall live and not die. Amen. You shall declare the word of God. You shall have life and vibrancy and you shall have a faith that's vibrant and alive. Come on, you, you, you can live in the things of God. If you can't speak the word of God to yourself, get somebody that can speak it into you. Do it daily. Yeah. Prophesy to the dry bones, man. Things started shaking and coming together. Let me say this, only God can shake it back together. Amen. God's word can take things that are falling apart. We see these dry bones and situations. God's word begins to bring it back together. All of a sudden, they're coming together. You, listen, you can't worry this back together you can't wish it back together. You can't feel it back together. You you, you can't, you can't glue it back together. We we need the word of God to come on the scene and bring things back together, but we can't stop there. Verse eight says this. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them and the skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. So the word of God gets on the scene and all of a sudden these things begin to get organized. There's a rattling, there's bone to bone, flesh comes on the bone, sinews and ligaments skin, but not alive yet. Hear me bones, but no breath organized organic material, but no movement limbs, but no life. Come on. There's been times in my life where I felt like just limbs and a person, but no purpose. Come on, I think a lot of times, come on, if I'm going to be honest, there's a lot of churches that have have bones but no life. A lot of families with bones but no life. A lot of people with bones but no life. I need the breath of God. I don't need pews. I need the power of God. I need passion. I I don't need tradition. I need tenacity. I need endurance. There's some things I have to have. I, I don't need gathering. I need going and the holy spirit begins to put purpose in us. Well, we're just, we're not just people and limbs connected together. We have a and your purpose isn't to attach to a church. It's to go out there with the power and the breath of God and to fulfill the mandate and the purpose of God on your life. This is just a filling station. And and I think that the reality is that many times if we don't breathe in We get the word of God, but we can't stop there. We have to allow, Jesus said it. He goes, you've searched the scriptures for me, but you've missed them and you've made them of no effect by your traditions. Or or he said, you've denied the power of the Holy Spirit, the breath of God. Man, I don't, I don't, I don't, in my own life, I don't wanna just, I don't wanna be bones walking around and have no breath in me. I need the breath of God. So they begin to talk, things come together. The word of God gets on the scene and then he says, now prophesy, to these slain bones and and that they will live. Number two, very simple. Uh, Holy Spirit will breathe on your pain and bring dead things to life. So so there's a progression here. The word of God begins to rattle things together and then the breath of God begins to breathe on things that are dead. I just wanna prophesy to some of you today, there's things the Holy Spirit wants to breathe on in your life that he can bring back to life that you might think, man, that was too, that's dead, that dream's gone, that marriage is over, uh, that ministry's for, forgotten, my kids are too far gone. No, 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 no. God can actually take it from just being religion to you and he can make it an actual relationship. Amen. The Holy Spirit is the one that makes God's presence real to us. Holy Spirit is the one that makes it fresh and alive. As God breathes on it for me and for you, not just duty, but there's a delight in my relationship with him. This is real important. Step one is the word of God, it begins to bring order. Step two is the breath of God, and it brings life. Why that, why that order? Write this down. The Holy Spirit won't energize what we won't allow the word to organize. Wow. We, we, we want Harry Potter faith. <laughs> we want that Shazam miracle. We, we just want the, the, the whirlwind of the spirit to fix it all, and there's no word for him to work with. The word of God, he says, hear the word of the Lord. That's why it's so important we get the word back in our life. That's why it's so important we get the word back in our schools, back in our nation, back in our marriages, back in our conversations, because the Holy Spirit, I'm going to show you in a minute, the Holy Spirit works with the word. And and, and the reality is I have to have the word in my life because the Holy Spirit, I want him to energize stuff. He's not going to energize what I don't put the word on to organize in my life whether it's, listen, I'm helping your business right now. You want the Holy Spirit to empower your business. You better organize it first by the word of God. You want the Holy Spirit to, to empower and restore your marriage. You better organize it by the word of God. What does that look like? Love her like Christ loved the church, laying your life down for her, uh, giving your life, honor him and, 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 and submit to him and, and love him and encourage him. And, and you submit to one another. What, that's what ordering your life looks like financially. And, and giving and tithing and believing and forgiving and this order in our life, if you want the Holy Spirit to breathe on certain areas, I need to let the word of God rest on those areas that might be wounded. Does that make sense? So the word gets on a wound and then the Holy Spirit begins to work on the wound and work on those things. It's like going to the doctor. I've been to the doctor a couple of weeks ago. All the other assistants tell me everything that's going to happen. They're like, you're gonna go in here and you're gonna do this and you're gonna put on this and do that and get your shorts and do that and do this and do that, all the things. And then the doctor doesn't come in until the last minute and he comes in with his expertise and has all the tools. So all the nurses and all the PAs and all the administrators are all the word of God, getting me ready for the Holy Spirit to come in with his tools and begin to do what he's an expert at. And what he 's been trained to do we, we need both the Word and the Spirit of God. I need the Word in my home more than ever I, I need the Word in your life more than ever I, I, I just I just feel like the Holy Spirit can breathe on some things and bring some stuff back to life for you today and if you just get in his presence, maybe you need to go home today and on the, on the ride home turn on some worship music. you know my wife and I painted my kids my son 's room last night man we 've been just kind of in a little dry season. It was like, just, you know, kind of, you know, life just gets funky every now and then. Come on, anybody? If you, and we're just, so we just, we just painted in one of our kids' rooms and turned on some worship music. She's like, you want to hear my, you want to paint a room and hear my favorite worship songs? I'm like, not really. <laughs> no, that wouldn't be the first thing I decide to do on Saturday night, but you know what? I need to do that. Yeah. Got in there and worshiped God and painted a room and, and let the Holy Spirit breathe into us and on us and and God began to change some things. And then it says this in verse 10. So I prophesied as he commanded me. And breath came into them. And they lived and stood up. Listen to this. Stood up an exceedingly great army. So, so there's this progression. There's this dry place, wounded place. The word of God gets on this wound and these broken dead people and all of a sudden the organization comes and bone to bone and sinew and, and ligaments, but there's no life. And then all of a sudden the breath comes into it and it says they raise up a great army. Number three, Holy Spirit will turn the wounded into warriors. I don't know where you've been wounded or how you've been hurt, but Holy Spirit wants to turn you into a warrior. You are not saved to just attach to a pew. You were you not full of life just to just to hold on to it and not go out and wreak havoc on the enemy out there in the streets. You, you've got the spirit of God in you because he wants to take you from areas that you might have been hurt. And usually the areas that we've been wounded, God uses us to make war in those areas. You're wondering how that happened to me. Well, God wants to make you a warrior in the area you were wounded. And so as you begin to talk about it and share, I want to prove to you how the Holy Spirit works here. Ephesians six seventeen. you and I are warriors. This is a very uh, army passage. It's the armor of God. Ephesians six seventeen. it says, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, the sword of the spirit. Listen to that. The word of God is the weapon of the spirit. So, so hear me, if you have the spirit in you, but no word in you, the spirit has no weapon to work with. And, and so for you to be a warrior, you can get the Holy Spirit in you and you have him in you if you're a Christian. But as you put the word in you, now the spirit begins to weaponize the word of God. The Holy Spirit will actually weaponize. If it says that the sword of the spirit is the word of God, the spirit wants to go to war on your behalf. The spirit wants to work in your life, but you have to begin to put some word in there so that he can weaponize it. I raised two boys and a girl, and I don't know why boys have this built into them, but they can weaponize an empty cardboard toilet paper roll. I, you, I, they, have a, they would turn an empty cardboard toilet paper roll into a bazooka, <laughs> blowing stuff up. Turn a cardboard box at Christmas into a fighter jet, and if they don't have anything to turn into it, come on, any parents of boys in here, I, I'm not trying to be stereotypical. My girl just didn't do it. <laughs> it's just facts in my life, okay? And you might've had different facts, so I'm not stereotyping, because your girl might've built, but my boys had an ability to turn something into a weapon no matter what it is you gave And if they didn't have anything, they point their finger. My son got thrown out of kindergarten Argh! for having a little machine gun finger. <laughs> and I praised him for it. You know, I, I didn't rebuke him for it. <laughs> And he's a little kid, kindergarten. He got thrown out for a couple days. I, I just want you to know, the Holy Spirit, you just give him a little bit of word. You just give him a half a verse. You just give him something that, you, something that you heard a year ago. Man, he can weaponize that thing in your life. He can begin to do work on behalf of you and bring some things from just being wounded to you actually becoming a warrior, having the sword of the Spirit and the power of God. Come on, don't give up today. God wants to breathe on some stuff. He wants to breathe on you. That's the pneuma. That's the breath of God. Get under the breath of God. Get in the presence of God. Inhale. Slow down. If your nervous system's getting hijacked in your marriage and your business and your finances, slow down. Breathe. Let God breathe into you. The Word of God get in you. you. You can't, listen, you can't overdose on oxygen. Can I get too much of it? You ever seen those little canisters? Those little oxygen canisters? You go to Colorado Court, you go to Colorado. You know, they, they sell those everywhere, right? We had some when we went. A little canister of, of oxygen. We had one guy go, can I, can I have too much of it? I'm like, pretty sure you can't OD on that unless you're a fish. <laughs> just, just breathe it in. Can I say to you that the higher you go in altitude, the more support system you need from air? the more oxygen you need. The higher you want to go in God and the, and the stronger you want to grow in God, the more support you need from the breath of God. And I want to do something big in God. I want to go high in God. I want to soar in God. Come on, we've got the breath of God that he left us and gave us to empower us to live again. Not just to get up wounded, but to advance forward as a great army. Let me pray for you today. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you that you gave us your breath. Lord, this isn't stale, dead religion. That this isn't just pews but no purpose. That we're not bones with no breath. You gave us the Holy Spirit breath. I thank you for the day of Pentecost next week where you breathed on and empowered your church. Lord, I thank you for the book of Acts that shows us a church that's been breathed on. Lord, I thank you that they were all in unity in one place and you breathed on them again and they were filled with the Spirit again. We know it's not just one time in our life. It's not just a moment of salvation. It's a daily choice to inhale the presence and the life of God. Lord, I need you and we need you on our families, on our children, on our schools, in our nation. This world, God, is broken. We need your breath. Would you sustain us with your breath today? No one looking around just for a second. Anybody in here say, you know what, Pastor? I'm in a dry valley. I got some dry bones. I feel wounded in some areas and I need the breath of God. I need the Holy Spirit to breathe on me today. No one look around. Would you put your hand up if you say, pray for me. I need that. I need the breath of God. I need some things to go from just being limbs to being life. Come on, several hands all across this place. You know us sometimes, God, and we just feel attached as an appendage but no purpose. Would I pray anybody that just feels like they're bones or they're just kind of walking around in a situation but don't have the breath of God breathe on them today? Use this service not just to stop now, but to breathe on them and let them be encouraged to leave out of here with your breath today. Lord, breathe on their families, on their children. Breathe on things that we can't glue back together, God. Do it supernaturally. Lord, we'll get the word on our life. Holy Spirit, would you work and weaponize the word in our life today? Would you make God real to us today in a new way? Thank you, Holy Spirit, for knowing us, the inside and out, still loving us and helping us. If you're in this place, no one looking around for another second, and you know you need to give your life to Jesus. You say, you know what? I don't have any life on the inside of me. I feel like I'm always in that, in that dry place. Maybe you've never given your life to Jesus. He's the only life. And today, you know that you're ready to surrender to God. No one looking around. Maybe you're online and you say, you know what? I need Jesus today. I need God. I need a fresh start with God. The Bible says this. It's as simple as saying, yes, Jesus, I believe you're God. If you you believe that God sent Jesus and that he rose from the dead, you get a fresh start in God today. If you're in this place and you say, Pastor, I've been been dry because I don't have God. I need a relationship with God. I need a fresh start. Would you put your hand up to me right now? I need a fresh start today. I I need Christ. Thank you for your boldness. Thank you for your honesty, man. Anybody else? I need a fresh start with God. Pray for me, Pastor. I need a fresh start. If you're online, just type fresh start in right now. Come on, church, pray. People saying yes to eternity, yes to the life of God, yes to Jesus Christ. Supernatural. I feel your presence in here, God. Not religion, not tradition. I feel the presence of you, God. If you put your hand up, if you're online or in here, pray with me right now. We're just gonna pray a simple prayer of surrender to Jesus. We're gonna ask him to be our savior and he's gonna fill you with the life of God today. Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Jesus, thank you for dying for me on that cross and taking my sin, my shame, my guilt, taking all of it and nailing it to that tree. Thank you. I turn from that lifestyle and I turn to you today, Jesus. I believe you rose from the dead to give me a brand new heart and to make me alive. I submit my life to you today. Fill me with your spirit. Breathe on me and make me alive in you and give me a relationship with God my Father the rest of my life. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, let's give God praise. Love y'all so much. Thank you for listening to another Transformation Church sermon podcast. If you would like someone to pray with you or if you would like some ministry materials, please email us at hello at transformationchurch.us.